you know, you, you can't base your investment prowess or your golf game on one random shot or one random decision that you make. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. It's time for another edition of Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi and myself to talk about golf. A little for your retirement, a little pun intended there, if you get what I'm going after. Uh, that what can golf teach us about financial planning, since it, it seems to be, I don't know if it's the official sport of retirees, but it seems like it might be. So we're going to have a little fun with that today with John on the podcast. And as always, if you need some help, reach out to John at johnchoy.net. He is a certified financial planner, a CFP, and the president at Epiphany Capital. Again, johnchoy.net. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good to be here, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fine, my friend. Are you a golfer? I am. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty, I don't want to say ser- like super serious, but I am serious okay. single-digit handicap golfer. Oh, okay. Um, so it is it is a an activity definitely that, that I do enjoy. Okay. okay. And I'm familiar with. And it's, uh, yeah, it keeps me fit and and trim, I think. Uh-huh. And frustrated. Walking the course. <laughs> and <me>. frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fit and trim so and yeah, frustrated. Like, there you go. That might be the official slogan of golf. Fit and trim and frustrated. And if not, yeah. they just coined it and, and uh, the PGA can hit me up and I'll license it to them. It's a simple game, but it's not easy. You know, people always say it's a, it's you against the course, you know, or you against uh, you know what I don't like you against the clubs. I'm like, nah, I think it's you against yourself. Really, because it's trying to control your swing and kind, you know, trying to control the various different things that we put into it. But then again, I'm just a duffer, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm definitely not as good as you are. Uh, I can whack the ball a mile, but I can't keep it straight. So <laughs> it goes left and you right know, and all yeah. sorts of places. Yeah, I mean, on the course, right? You, oftentimes, you are your own worst enemy. Exactly. And that's kind of that's kind of what uh, I think Benjamin Graham said with, yeah. um, and that's Warren Buffett's teacher, right? He says, you know, an investor's uh, enemy, chief enemy, is likely himself. Oh yeah, so, I mean, golf and finance, man, they can definitely go hand in hand with a lot of parallels there. So even if you're not into the game, I think you can still extract some lessons here. So we'll have a little fun with those folks. So we're going to talk about a few different types of things here. So hitting a hole in one. Uh, have, first of all, have you ever done it, or have you seen have. someone do it? You have. Yes. Like a par three. Yes, mm-hmm. par three over water. It's the seventeenth oh, nice. hole at my home golf course. Nice. Was, that is impressive. Exhilarating. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I was playing with some folks uh, years ago, and and a gentleman did the same thing, and he was it was uh it was a foursome, and it was me and my friend, and him and his wife, and they were a little bit older than we were, and he hit the, he hit the hole in one on a par three as well. And it was early. I think it was like maybe the third hole. And his wife was just super like the whole day. She was like 125, 140 yards down the middle every single time without fail. And when he got that hole in one on like a third, the third hole, I watched his demeanor change. He got very cocky, right? I mean, it was exciting. Why wouldn't he not, right? He's feeling good. Of course. Feeling of good. Course. And he proceeded to go through the rest of the, the afternoon, the rest of the day, very cocky. Well, at the end of it, she still whooped all of us. 
<laughs> because <laughs> Not she surprised. because she was playing steady and even. And I think about yeah. that from a financial standpoint. Getting a hole in one financially, like hitting some sort of investment or something that did really well for you, maybe it makes you a little cocky. I mean, even the market of the last thirteen years. John prior to 22, maybe got people a little cocky, like, hey, I got this. I figured out this whole thing. I'm good to go. And then something like 22 happens and you go, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I don't know as much as I thought. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Or they'll uh, hit a home run. Like So the analogy that I think of when uh, someone hits a hole in one in finances is like if they had invested in crypto right, right. Uh, a couple years ago or a year ago. And it just went to the moon or they went to they got into GameStop and they happened to be lucky and they got in at the right time and they got out at the right time and they made a ton of money. Now, I'm happy for them. Sure. I'm happy for them. But that is that doesn't happen every day. Right. It's maybe once in a 20 year or once in a lifetime type of thing Mm -hmm. is what I see it at. So. You know, you, you can't base your investment prowess or your golf game on one random shot or one random decision that you make. So, yeah, the traditional and the disciplines and the and the basics of the thing always come back into play, no matter what it is, whether it's sport or finance. Yeah, get rich slowly, right? Yeah. That's, that's what Warren Buffett says. That's what a, a lot of books say. Just steady Eddie, as you said, put money away every month, do it intentionally, do, do an auto pay, mm-hmm. and... And just pretend it's not even there, and it's it'll be like your friend who, uh, the lady who kept on hitting it, she did forty down the middle, yeah, and then probably her short game just you know it was it was killer, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and and she was she knows so, her game, yeah. I mean they were I want to say they were close to seventy if I remember. Oh my serves. goodness! And I was I guess at the time I was probably I'm f- fifty now, I'm fifty. I was probably, probably about forty, something like that. And so you know, being younger, we also were out driving her. And her husband yeah. was out driving her as well. And right. it didn't matter. At the end, she whooped all of us because yeah. she was, it took her, you know, obviously the name of the game is the you know the least amount of strokes, right? And she was just nice and steady right down the center. She'd lop up onto the green. She'd one putt often. Many times she'd just one putt and we're over there putting three times, you know, or whatever. Right. And so she just destroyed us. And I always, th- I always kept that lesson with me. I thought, you know, sometimes... You know, find the the tried and true, you know, simple disciplines of something really can work. You know, yeah, and and that you know translate into finances too, in in the sense that you know you don't want to lose money or you don't want to lose strokes and you don't want to lose money, especially when you're retiring. Sure. You have to oh, yeah. buffer some of that volatility out. You have to. Um, get a little bit more conservative. You yeah. want to look at some protective products. So, I, and I think that might be a good segue into what you wanted to talk about next. Yeah, and you know, and that's a great point. So, if you still want to have a little bit, right, that you can still play around with the swing for the hole in one, then hey, that's fine. But definitely talk with your advisor and make sure that's it's an amount you can afford to do safely. Right. Um, but number two, yeah, is clubs in the golf bag, right? So, unless you're going to go Happy Gilmore, and that's probably not going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got a driver and a putter, and that's it, right? It's probably not going to serve your game that well to just you know play with just those two those two clubs. Same thing financially; you don't need just two items, right? And you know, most of my industry is is based on mutual funds or, or stock stock mutual funds, stocks and bonds, right? Right, it's, right. They got their sixty forty portfolio or seventy thirty eighty twenty whatever it is, right? And that's all they do. They just know stocks and they know bonds. They don't look at long-term care. They don't look at insurance. They don't look at 
you know, their social security. They don't advise on that. They don't look at annuities. They don't look at all the other products and services that are out there that might be. And, and I stress the word might be appropriate. Exactly. But it's almost a cult. It's it's like it's stocks and it's stocks and bonds and anything else outside of that is is evil. And and I never understood that. I'm like, if you sh- if you're a holistic advisor, everything should be on the table. Now everything isn't appropriate for that particular client. Right. But you should be able to talk adeptly about anything and everything on, on the financial table. Well, so. the end user, us as, as listeners here and people who are not advisors like yourself, right, the, the, the client, potential clients, we're, we're guilty of the same thing. If you're thinking of like limited clubs in the bag, a lot of us tend to think, well, the market or the bank is my only two options. We think I'm in sitting in cash in the in a savings account or I'm in the market and I don't I don't know anything else. I think that's probably our educational system and also just the tried and true sometimes where we just continue to think that those are the only two options because we don't maybe go talk to an advisor and find out about some of these other things. Yeah, you you don't know what you don't know, yeah. right? So you've you've got to you've got to do your own research, uh, talk to uh, financial folks, do your research on Google even. Now you can go down yeah, the wormhole there, for sure. Yeah, but. and there's there's a lot of good information on on Google on the internet, and there's a lot of bad information. And when I read the bad information, I feel like I'm getting dumber at some point. I'm just <laughs> like, holy cow! I read some, and this is from advisors too. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. And yeah. it's and I think most of it are honest mistakes, but some right. of them are they're deceivers out there, and it's just yeah. It reminds me, there's three guys, right? There's a guy that tells the truth all the time. You know he's telling the truth all the time. His word is gold, right? There's another guy, he lies all the time, right? And you know, ugh, he's a liar. Don't believe anything he says. Mm-hmm. And there's a third guy that sometimes tells the truth and sometimes lies. And you're like, I don't know what to believe. And that's going to leave you even more confused. Yeah, having a hard time sniffing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, and you think about Google, I look at it this way. Like, it's great for getting some of your ideas and thoughts together on stuff that interests you and then going and talking with your advisor. Of course, you can also talk to multiple advisors until you vet out the one that's the right fit for you. Uh, And to to your point there about trying to find that right one. But, you know, it's like I'm in the middle of a a room renovation right this minute, John. And so I, I go and I Google some different products I might want to put on the walls, like for paneling or for tiling or whatever it is that I'm doing, right? Right. But then right. I still have to go to the store. For me, I have to go to the store and put my hands on it and see what I think about it and see it in person and kind of figure out, okay, is this the right thing for the room? I don't just go, well, it looks good on, on online, so I'll just buy it. You know, and I think oh, the same thing yeah. financially, right? Okay, this looks interesting, but let me talk with a pro before I actually do it. Absolutely. You know, a big thing right now is you know AI technology software. Sure, and yeah, it's everywhere. I, I yeah, and I and I really do think that if you're doing some sort of a, a retirement plan, uh, whether you're in the accumulation phase or the decumulation phase, you've got to put it through some of the software because there's nobody in this world that can do math faster than a computer. Oh, right? so, indeed, indeed. But you, st- I think so you, you still there's that value of talking to someone like you face to face or or what you know like having that relationship versus just solely a robo. Kind of thing. Right, right, right. I mean, it's garbage in, garbage out, too. So you got to remember that. Good point. And, and you've yeah. got to put in the, the right inputs and, and make the right assumptions and plan for contingencies and use different, um, like I said, Monte Carlo simulations where you're not just assuming a static 7% return per year. Yeah, right. That can get, that can, you know, kind of get you in trouble. Yeah. 
I was talking with another advisor not long ago, and he said he had a he had to turn down a client uh, not long ago who who came in and, and was uh, you know had a nice little nest egg and said, "Look, I'm 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 going to be pretty easy. I'm a little aggressive. Uh, I just want to make a I want to make some. I think he said something he wanted to make like two percent a month. He's like, as long as we can make two percent a month annually, I'm happy. And he was like, wait, that's that's twenty four percent a year. <laughs> He's like, what? Where do you think you're going to find twenty four percent a year return year over year? He's like, that's not even realistic, you know. No, and so, no. so the gentleman was very skewed in what he wanted to get done. And just thinking that that was possible. He's like, now you might get, he's like, well, I've got some data that show the last couple of years. He's like, sure. But then what about last year when it was down, you know, right. 20 to 25%? He's like, that's the that's the thing of the market. You're never going to be able to guarantee yourself a specific number like that over, the, over you know, year over year. So you got to be realistic in your goals too when you're also shopping for information as well, right? Uh, Absolutely. And so all of that kind of tying back into my golf analogy here of uh, make sure you got more than just two clubs in the bag, right? Make sure you're diversified. Make sure you've got some different strategies, some different products, some different things helping you accomplish your total goal. And then we'll find it. We'll finish it off with this one. Uh, if you've ever had a chance to play with a caddy or someone who's really, really good and you're not, you can certainly learn a lot from them. So I think it's the same kind of analogy of, you know, you being the advisor in a situation, you're kind of the financial caddy for lack of a better term, right? Oh, yeah. Financial caddy, financial coach, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, in a caddy, uh, when I use a caddy, and it's not very often, and I don't use one at a course that I'm familiar with. I was going to say, what are you I, fancy? You got to use a caddy? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, when, I, when we go on golf trips and I want right. to treat myself yeah. or, you know, caddy is required or something like that. Pretty cool, though, it's a huh? course that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's an experience. I got to tell you, I said, you know, when I get to heaven, this is what I'm going to be doing is having a caddy on my bag every day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I said, man, this is great. But he will tell you, hey, you want to cheat this way. You want to cheat left on this hole because of this and that. And that the ground run, runs out here or it's soft over there or you right. get in trouble to the right. They'll give you ways. To, and, and you know what? If you hit it there, it just makes it easier on yourself. Yeah. And and, and then, of course, when you're on the greens, he'll, he'll read the, the putts for you. But if I look at the greatest golfers, when they were at their pinnacle, when they were at their peak, they had great caddies and they had great swing coaches. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think with finances, yeah, you can do okay. There's there's no question about it. You can do okay. But if you really want to take it to the next level, you're going to need some professional help. Uh, that's what we're here for, really. So it's to guide you and, and not make the decisions for you, but just really, again, we say this a lot on the show, give you that buffet, the menu of options to say, hey, if you go here, this is what you're going to face. And if you go that way, that's what you're going to face. Yeah. So. Yep. I, again, I agree with you. Whether, you know, the best athletes in the world, no matter whether it's golf or any other, they still have coaches and sometimes they have multiple coaches. Now, it's not necessarily a good idea to have multiple financial advisors because they're not really going to talk and work with one another, but you could still have a financial team, which would consist of, right, like a certified financial planner like yourself, John, maybe a CPA, you know, yes. elder law or an estate planning attorney, that kind of stuff, right? So think about that as kind of your Absolutely. financial team. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you should have a, an accountant and you should have an estate planning attorney yep. and you should have an advisor and, and they should coordinate with each other. They should know who, who each other uh, are. Yeah. So that's definitely your dream team right there, those three. 
There you go. All right. Well, that's our uh, podcast for this week. If you got some questions, need some help, that's why John is here. Uh, he is part of that uh, financial dream team as a certified financial planner and president at Epiphany Capital. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Middle Class Millionaire. Just type that into the search box of whatever app you like using. If you're on Spotify, for example, just type it in or Apple Podcast. But if not, you can always just find it by stopping by John's website, johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. And you can find a lot of good tools, tips, and resources there at his website. Thanks for hanging out with us, John, my friend. I always appreciate your time. Always appreciate yours too, Mark. Take care. We'll catch you next time here on Middle Class Millionaire with John Shore. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.